Welcome to Adults Only Comedy Berlin. Today we have Laura Kenny. Hello. Hello. So lovely to have you here. Lovely to be here. Yes. We're just talking about um, how like you've actually been in the scene for like quite a while and you've just been kind of off the radar for me. Yeah, yeah, it's probably because I do like zero self-promotional marketing (laughs) and I'm very inconsistent (laughs) in life in general. Um, (laughs) So that extends to comedy, I guess. But yeah, I've been doing it since like I started doing stand up in 2019. Yeah, shit. Exactly. You were you were in the Berlin New Stand Up Award. I remember that's probably how I first saw your your existence. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, I was a finalist in the... 2020 mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. Uh, which was a fun one because it was during a pandemic yeah right so all yeah. of the heats would have been were they all in the summer or they were like it was actually so i think the first heat was in january okay. second one february and then in march this flu thing happened don't know if you heard about it and we were like i'm sure it's not a big deal let's just move the final out to like april everything will be fine by then yeah um the world progressively got worse um but then we did manage to do the final in september oh wow but i mean under the conditions of everyone wearing masks and people being scared to leave their apartment so it wasn't really like a great audience or i think the people who had braved it were scared for their lives so it was um it was funny uh the comedy scene with with COVID it was like I felt like we were really at the forefront of decision making regarding uh health risks and um so like gathering people because it was uh COVID came through the comedy scene pretty early and uh and the level of fear and then like the amount of people that gather for a show and just how, yeah. And so it was like, it was the comedy scene that stopped, like basically shut down before the very first lockdown. Like we stopped it all even before. Yeah. Like actually, we had to. I remember going to a comedy show and maybe this was, I don't know, like April, May or something. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Cause we had a first lockdown in March, right? Yeah. yeah so it yeah. must've been March because but it was at that time where we hadn't officially locked down. It was still this crazy time of no one knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah, But we're yeah. still kind of doing comedy shows because we don't really know. And it was at Space Medusa. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was like five of us who were meant to be there. There was no audience. There was no one there. So we were just like, okay, what do we do? But also there was just no one on the streets and no one out and about because everyone was self-isolating, just policing themselves. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, oh yeah, this is a thing. And like feeling like I was the person who had just not realized it was a thing too late, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I was working at a kindergarten which for a hospital. So it was the, the kindergarten for the uh, children of the doctors and nurses. And being there, it was very like, yeah, the conversation was pretty hardcore, but like they couldn't stop. So as in like the doctors and nurses were the most important people, right? So it was like, we just kept having to keep working. And so in this weird way of being super exposed to the risk um, and being super aware of the the risk and a lot of the fear around it, but at the same time needing to keep working. And so it was this, I had this weird experience of it where it was like, this is dangerous. However, mm, you just got to keep going and like still being really exposed to other people as well. It was like a very strange thing but um but those summer shows like when we reopened between the lockdowns the audiences that were coming to those were like fantastic like the like we had some really packed shows during that summer and like quite a few shows where it was like okay this is getting to the point of illegal like i remember some shows in uh i won't name the bar but just being like 
like 70 people rammed in Whoa, and like okay. people wearing face masks, but then like people were removing them to drink. So it was like, what? Like it was just, it was very sketchy. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. So, so you did the, the final in September. Um, did that by the way, cause I was talking to uh, a comedian, I was talking to Teddy Hall um, about competitions. Cause I did the very first Berlin new standup award and I thought, I think that competitions are problematic. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, anyone connected to it is doing a bad job or that there's anything um anything malicious or anything about it but i think there isn't enough uh education or 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 communication around how the sort of invisible expectations of other people and your subconscious will affect you and um um, like how emotionally try trying it can be yeah yeah i think it is an interesting one because uh as a person i'm not competitive at all like i hate all sports i mean i don't hate them they're fine but like for example like at school when we had to play football like yeah. i wouldn't run after the ball because i'm like there's 10 other people one of them will get it <laughs> yeah. i don't care wow whatever did, did you have uh, did you have daria in on tv yes yeah. oh my god yeah i definitely uh, related to the daria vibe of like the ball coming and just like afterwards putting my hand out and oh. like not not i yeah i was talking to a friend about my attitude to sports as a kid and I really resented I just thought that sports were dumb yeah like why would I do this and how is this bettering me as a person no one educated me on like maybe the importance of physical health but whatever yeah yeah, yeah. so in terms of competitiveness yeah yeah, yeah yeah so I don't have like uh yeah not at all competitive but I think the time that like the stand-up award competition came up um okay so I got into stand up in like 2019 and then they were doing applications in like December and I was like oh this is a new thing I've just started so I'm going to apply you know to like kind of get the momentum going yeah and I think it was um uh, I was going to say like I'm only ever in competition with myself but (laughs) I would hate myself if I said that so I'm not I retract that (laughs) um but you still kind of believe it still kind (laughs) of but I was like okay I'm going to use this as an opportunity to give me some like motivation to like keep going you know Mm -hmm. and to kind of it kind of gave me a reason to like sign up to more shows to try out new things to really hone getting like a good five minutes together and then like I think when I got through like the first heat then yeah you get like a confidence boost of like oh cool and then like the next one and then yeah by the end I was like I don't know I'd go through stages of like kind of times of just being like, yeah, I think I'm gonna win. And then times of like crushing self-doubt and like, why am I even doing this? Right. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's already tough anyway, doing stand-up mm-hmm. um, or I don't know, just in any way, putting yourself out there in some way to be judged. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think adding the competition element it is tough because then like if you don't win or something, you are like, oh, well, maybe I suck. And it's like, no, like it's, yeah it's just it's a weird thing and also i mean i'm not going to say like oh it's an audience vote so like whoever invites the most friends and you could say it's a popularity it's a strong <laughs> argument to make that <laughs> i mean who knows um so really i need yeah. more friends yeah uh, <laughs> so either way you're a fucking loser <laughs> yeah that's that's the conclusion i came to um <laughs> yeah. yeah although although for example in my heat i had like a really hardcore heat with really good comics on it sure and vitera was in my heat yeah yeah and then a few others who like brought a lot of people but vitera made it all the way to the end and he, he's great and super charismatic and 
Yeah, he's a good comic, a great comic, and um, but yeah, he, I don't think he had anyone in the audience, and yet he made it to the finals. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's that like pretty crushing my yeah <laughs> my argument about that. Me too, um, and my self esteem as well, because it was like I had no one in the audience, but I just. I just, I, I certainly just, I just wasn't, I wasn't good. Like I, I knew in the first 20 seconds of my performance that like most people just like, like actively disliked me. Oh, cool. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice vibe to start out. And it's not paranoia and it's not me thinking that they knew me any, in any way, but just, I, they didn't, they didn't warm to me at all. Were they I, like I actively shouting like, we hate you. <laughs> we hate you. I don't like what you're saying. <laughs> Can you stop? Um, where are the jokes? Uh, turn it off. Okay. But no, no, no. It was just, it was just like, you can just feel the energy and, and in, a, in a high pressured kind of competition situation. I think the audience also, they're judging really quickly, like mm-hmm. whether or not they like you. So, you know, that's, that's, that's fine. And then you, as a, as a new comedian, you don't have the, um, and in a competi- competition setting, I don't think, you know, my tools now for when I can feel an audience pull away from me is cra- like crowd work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, and you can't do that in a competition. So yeah. it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think as well, I mean, yeah, like you say, like if you sense like an audience just like doesn't like you, like it is all subjective in any way, you know, like I yeah. kind of find it tough when people are just like, no, you should be able to like kill in every room in front of everyone because. I mean, things are subjective in so many different ways or something that makes me laugh one day maybe doesn't make me laugh the next day because of something else that happened. And there's like all of these variables and... Which is what makes comedy, stand-up comedy, so stimulating and exciting because it's never the same. Yeah. Never. And there are so many factors going into... Uh, reactions and um, and and energies. Yeah, and it, it's just fascinating. But actually, we were talking on. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. So let let's quickly round out the um, competition. The the sort of well, the you get in you being in stand up and not really seen. You not you being out of, like under my radar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm under everyone's radar. <laughs> It's also just like a, just wanting to make sure that you don't think that there's any part of me that like has disregarded you because like I've had a, a you know this podcast this is number 128. Oh, cool, nice. Um, so there's been you know like I'd say most people on the scene who are not opposed. Now, every person I think in the Berlin scene who is not opposed to uh, podcasts has been on my podcast. Yeah. Although there are some people that I just haven't asked because I don't think they like me. Cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> I mean, that's a good reason to not ask someone to hang out with you. Yeah, (laughs) Unless you want to win them over. See, it's a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there are not many people like that. But, but yeah, so just it's more of like a just saying, like, you've been around, but it's not because of any, like, personal thing. It's just, yeah, I haven't seen you around as much. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I think... Yeah, like I said, I'm sort of, I don't know, like a bit inconsistent with it. So I guess, yeah, when I started out 2019 and then I was like, yeah, in the competition and mm-hmm. was doing loads of shows and that was like, I was on like a really good like momentum. Mm. Um, and I think also because I was doing a lot of shows, then I was getting asked to do shows and doing, you know, like showcase things and mm-hmm. feeling like, yeah, I'm getting somewhere. And then bam, pandemic where like things got like, I don't know. The second lockdown, yeah. Yeah, I think like, yeah, the second lockdown and then. And did the, and just to finish off the actual competition Mm. thing, did the, did the results of the finals, did that, did that like, did that, was that a bit of a blow when you weren't the winner? Who was the winner that year? Uh, I don't even know. It was Flo, Flo Collins. Who's just disappeared. (laughs) 
yeah i think like well she's still doing some stuff i've seen her occasionally but then again like i'm very sporadic with stuff but no okay. i think she's I, don't, I think i never met her to be honest okay yeah, she's yeah. very funny i'm sure yeah. I'm so sure. Yeah. i kind of like yeah i don't feel yeah if someone won who was just not funny then i'd feel worse um but no she's a lovely person and uh, can very you name funny, who so. that person would be that one that um, you would think is not funny no i'm joking yeah myself <laughs> yeah i'd be like this is really gonna fuel my self-hatred another thing i don't deserve <laughs> so yeah so did that like take you back a little bit i think the... so i mean yeah there was a bit of like pandemic stuff of like mm, i don't know but then i mean like shows were still happening and there was like some outdoor things so i was doing stuff like here and there Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, I'd go through, because I mean, I have like a full-time job, so I work 40 hours a week and Oof. stuff. Yeah, it's too much. That's too, too many much. hours. It's that's, too many hours. It's way too many hours. Yeah. I don't think anyone should work 40 hours a week unless it's their own business and they're super motivated by it. And like, yeah. they've got like, and they're like super, like genuinely passionate yeah. about it. Yeah. Any other just regular job, it shouldn't be more than 30 hours. I agree. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's too much. So, but I mean, at the same time, I'm not the only person who has a job doing like stand up. So, I mean, I yeah. think that's it. If you've got like a real passion, you just find the time and you do all yeah. of these things. Yeah. And so I think some of it's like bad scheduling, like I'll sign up to stuff and then um, feel like overwhelmed and then mm-hmm. be like, oh, okay, I can't do this. Or if I like had times where I just wasn't really writing new stuff and then Mm -hmm. I was just boring myself saying the same thing over and over. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then also sometimes just, yeah, I don't know, like, or like I wasn't testing myself enough or like going Mm -hmm, to open mm -hmm. mics and like, I wasn't feeling secure enough in myself to try different things out and to be a bit more loose and that kind of thing. So, and I mean also like just periods of crushing depression and anxiety. (laughs) Like, really messes with a schedule. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to do stand-up when you can't leave your apartment. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Fuck yeah. I think that's where... and this is not like a like me giving advice in any way, but I think... I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) But I think definitely... like, Like, hanging at shows and building your... That sounds really strategic and kind of manipulative, but like building your position in the community as in like just because like comedians, you know, we we love other comedians because no one understands you like another comedian. Well, like, you know, if you're doing it, then you get it and then you can you can, you know, connect on that level. And there's a sense of shared shame and shared um, victory and like and so the more you. And that's one of the things, and I'm not saying you don't do it, but just like, that's one thing that, um, yeah, helps a lot is like, it, like, for example, the classic thing of like, if you have a bad set, stay and watch everyone else's because mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll feel better <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> as well as like, yeah, like having, um, having people at shows and that being like, I always hate it when I go to a show and I don't know anyone and no one's really chatting and it's like, ugh, and it ends up feeling a bit empty. And I think a big part of the, um, and, and you can do really well, but then if you do really well, then you leave the show and like you haven't really hung out with anyone, it still feels empty. Yeah. So the kind of community and like talking to people and and sort of just just um, relating on even just the level of the performance and the show, um, it, it changes your it, it's part of the motivation for the next one. And then being able to feel the more you do that, the more comfortable you are. Just going to a show and it's like, I might not have any new ideas or maybe I've got a loose premise. Maybe I'll just work it out on stage. Maybe like I'll just work on crowd work or whatever today. And so like 
feeling feeling like you're in a community that supports you experimenting in the form yeah with the form. Yeah, yeah i think that's a really good point and i think i don't know maybe some of like the inconsistency as well comes in from like a certain level of like social anxiety as yeah, well yeah. so in terms of um yeah because i don't know like some people are like you must be so confident because you get up on stage and say stuff. But then it's like, sometimes I can't go to a supermarket or, you know, I mean, oh God, I sound like I'm insane. I'm not, like I'm no, totally functioning. It's not insane at all. Okay, yeah. Like it's good to talk about that, that stuff because a lot of people experience Yeah, it's that. just, you know, like the, the variations of things. Yeah. But so I think like in terms of that, like sometimes I go to a, to a show and I'll be feeling, I don't know, maybe like a certain level of nervousness. Cause I think it's weird if you're not at all nervous. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a bit of that. And then I don't know, maybe feeling like too like hyper aware and then feeling like, oh, maybe I don't fit in here or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, like a sense of belonging or something, even mm-hmm. though like, I totally get it. Like everyone's up there sharing stuff and yeah. talking about like stuff that they find is weird or they struggle with. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, maybe I've kind of let that get the best, better of me sometimes Mm -hmm. because actually everyone's always been, you know, like very friendly. I mean, sometimes there are shows where I do feel like it's a weird vibe. Oh, and those absolutely (laughs) exist where you're just like, Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not all kind of rainbows and unicorns and stuff, but then it's like, yeah, what's my point? I don't know. I think it's sometimes, oh yeah, because yeah, when, when I see people recently, I've been doing shows more often and people are like, Hey Laura, I haven't seen you in like two years. And I'm like, yeah, it's weird. Right. Um, (laughs) so it's, you know, people are nice. Like I I think it's a lot of it. Like I'm bringing my own insecurities to these things and then feeling like, Oh, I don't belong. I don't, Mm -hmm. or like maybe my stuff is different to what other people are talking about and but that's fine as well you know that's fantastic yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's what you want i think like yeah the more yeah the the different more different you are to what other everyone else is doing the, the better but um but yeah i think um i think what helped me sort of i think like this is no like reflection on anyone else it's more like starting comedy and just being like just keep doing it and just keep doing it it's like the only like I don't even see it as an option to not do it and also like the failures and the and just bond like I don't know just the just you got like I don't even think about going to a show unless I'm like truly like um unless I've had like a, a proper crisis and that's happened a few times, like, you know, maybe, yeah, like maybe twice a year I might have a proper, but even then, if I'm having like a, a crisis, it'll be like going to the show will be good because I'll see people and mm-hmm. I'll be able to talk about it. Yeah. Talk about it. Um, but, um, but yeah, just the, I don't know where I'm going with this one, but like um, the, the feeling like you don't fit in and letting your, letting your insecurities get the better of you. Yeah. Like I was talking with, um, with Ori last night. Ori Halevi and just talking about how um, just sort of looking at what kind of strategies you've developed as an adult and where that came from and if it's serving you. So like like um, Ori mentioned, I'm sure he's fine with me bringing it up, but like like, for example, he'll often get to a point where he's like, oh, I um, I, I, I'm going to leave this situation because I don't know why I'm here. And his instinct is to leave a situation as opposed to sit back and analyze 
like what's happening and and so sort of like looking at that and going okay i'm gonna make myself stay and like like and i think that's like for example the thing of like when you don't feel good at a show unless it's like someone said something horrible to you and then yes get out of a toxic space (laughs) but like if you're just feeling a little bit off and you're feeling like you're in your own head staying and like talking to the comics and maybe like if people talk to you you'll end up feeling better and like whereas like and particularly since i i live by myself that's super important if i'm feeling off it's so important for me to not just rush home because Mm -hmm. then i'm just by myself at home yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that's not okay but it's like it's all a balance thing because also if you're constantly out and being surrounded by people then you might not be giving yourself time to to process and to and to maybe just sit with your feelings Mm -hmm. and and not distract yourself yeah yeah um but um but also another thing that kind of connects we're talking a bit about sobriety and so like the um yeah like this whole topic of like looking at what behaviors you engage in and if they're actually helping you or not and how like testing out how you want to live and what's good for you and so yeah yeah so in terms of your sobriety you said you've been sober now for nine days nine days yeah congratulations (laughs) (laughs) yeah i got a little like app on my phone for like yeah kind of the countdown thing um, Maybe I should get that. It's quite fun. What's the one I'm using? I can't remember. What it's called Sober Something. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the 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 number of days since you last had a fun time. Oh no, no. not at all, not at all. No, it's been way more fun. Um, yeah. Don't lie. <laughs> Although I'm so aware. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, yeah. Who was it? Like I'm raw dogging life. I'm like ugh. Um, uh, yeah. Gross. But um, but you you will engage with other drugs if it happens, or you want to be full sober. I don't know. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, it also feels a bit weird to be like my sobriety because it's oh. kind of like so. Like I have had periods in the past of not drinking alcohol. Like the longest was like about a year and a half, I don't know, mm-hmm. um, of just kind of, because I knew I had problem. I mean, I, f- I don't know. I feel like I've known I've had alcohol problems for like ever. Yeah. Um, but then there are times when I like choose to <laughs> engage with that and times to, you know, not choose to engage with doing something about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like the most recent thing was, I don't know, it was just uh, an yet another incident of like something going wrong like not horrific you know yeah yeah yeah. but just like it's it's like my life is just punctuated by like every one or two months some kind of like shame incident of a thing and okay and it doesn't have to be like an extreme thing right of like i don't know it's like drinking to blackout or like Mm-hmm. losing my phone again doing this again <laughs> apologizing to my friends again and it's like oh if only if only I could learn something from this and I was actually talking to my therapist about this and I was just like yeah you know I want to be more open to like learning about stuff and learning about myself and like what could I possibly learn from these situations mm-hmm. and um she didn't say to be fair to her she wasn't like you need to stop drinking mm-hmm. even though like there have been times in the past four years where she's been like I'm very concerned about you mm-hmm. um and it's kind of suggested maybe it would be fun for for you to not drink for a yeah, bit yeah that could be interesting yeah. um and so yeah with this one I was just like I don't know it was like you know the thing that you know you need to look at but you really don't want to yep um, <laughs> I was like can't I just read like a Brené Brown book or something I don't want to stop doing this um yeah. so I mean like right now I was just like I made this decision I don't know yeah a week and a half ago to be like okay I'm just gonna not drink for a bit because it's really mm-hmm. not 
helping me in various ways. And actually, yeah. it's just stopping me from doing all the things I do want to do, like mm-hmm. going to comedy shows, writing more stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, not feeling awful all the time. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, like it was, I could see like everything was kind of like getting worse. And I mean, this sounds so extreme probably, but it's like the realization that you're in an abusive relationship mm-hmm. that's like emotional and physical because like mm-hmm. I would... I'm still going to physio twice a week for shit that I've done when I was drunk. Really? Like, yeah, I fell uh-huh. off my bike. <laughs> oh, um. um. And I hate going to appointments and I hate admin. And maybe <laughs> if I stop drinking, I don't have to do as many things. I like it's not like, my back still hurts. It's like, no, I hate going to appointments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate scheduling these things. Yeah. I hate going on to like find my iPhone and then like cycling to somewhere in Berlin and be like, hi, kind stranger. Um, even though like, yeah, I mean, wow, thank you, kind stranger. Um, for sure. For so, sure. yeah, so I mean, but yeah, you, the question you asked was uh, in terms of other drugs. So, I mean, I don't really do other drugs. I can't smoke weed, even though I've tried so hard for so long. Like, I was so excited when people started smoking weed at 15. Yeah. And I was like, wow, cool, this is it. Yeah. And I just always immediately, like, white out, um, couldn't move. Actually, when I smoke <laughs> weed, the effect it has on me is, like, locked-in syndrome. Oh, what's, is that when you can't? It's where you can't move, move physically, but your brain is still exactly the same. Oh, God, that's horrible. So, yeah, so it's... It's like I'm still the same awful person in my head. No, not at all. <laughs> no, I'm still I'm I'm just like my brain is the same, but yeah. it's just like I'm saying, but I can't move. Yeah. Oof. I've only had that a couple of times. Like well, yeah, I've only had that a couple of times with weed. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also I think it's like if you just do it on its own or with alcohol, I probably mix it with alcohol a lot. Yeah. Um. But I just never really got any benefits, like, cause like slowing stuff down. I'm pretty slow and like lazy and stuff as it is. So I was quite excited by things that sped me up a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear um, you. I always liked weed because it slowed me down, and I like okay. slowing slowing me down. Also, I always love the combination of alcohol with weed because alcohol speeds you up, and then the weed can bring you back down again. So it was a nice little juggling. Ah, you found act. a nice balance there. Yeah, I would enjoy like you know a beer and then a joint. And yeah. then a beer. That sounds so great. And another beer. <laughs> so yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I, I smoked weed a lot, but I'd also smoke it like sober. I enjoyed, I just enjoyed the sort of going into my head and, you know, being, it sort of unlocks a different way of thinking, which is quite playful and, you know, and um, relaxed. But the problem, yeah, for me, it was just like, and I am starting to wonder how, I don't know. Just in terms of like any drugs, it's like, I th- and and okay, so I'm just starting to wonder if it's like addiction as a as a general thing, or if it is a natural. Like I like to argue that as a, as humans, we naturally and en- naturally enjoy a, like altering our state of like our perception and how we're thinking, and that's enjoyable, and. I think it's only bad if that stuff, like if that uh, activity of changing your your perception, if that starts inhibiting um, things that you want to get done in life or you know um, your 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 health. So I feel like as long as you're if you're doing drugs where it's like oh I changed my 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 perception and I'm enjoying feeling different and then it stops and then I'm I don't lose any time mm-hmm. I'm not engaging in any dangerous behavior then I think it's okay but I still wonder 
if it's okay to do that every night or every second night to alter my state of, of alter my state, my mental state and just like alter my state and then for it to then stop. Like, is it, is it bad to do that every day? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think it's like an interesting consideration you say, because I fully think that as well in terms of altered states, Mm. like that's part of curiosity. It's part of like all of these things. It's like, why do we travel or go to different things or want to have new experiences? And so of course it's like an experimentation thing. And I think it's, so it's, it's not that like all things are bad and like that you should Mm. be a purist. But I think the point that you made is it's that if it's like this is taking away too much of like the other things yes like there's always some kind of compromise somewhere so, yeah um so it's kind of like okay so yeah maybe if i like drink alcohol oh i'll feel like fun and you know kind of like feel like less socially anxious or something mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then the payoff is like i'm gonna <laughs> can't stop do something stupid lose shit feel bad for five days not be able to like do anything like not be able to you know so that's a big impact yeah but then i think like experimenting with other things like i recently i guess in the last couple of years got into psychedelics Mm -hmm. just uh mushrooms i haven't tried like lsd Mm -hmm. but i went on like two like mushroom retreats where you take like a high dose yeah and yeah, you kind of like it was in the Netherlands. So and then I tried microdosing, but um, but yeah, I was so into altered states there because yeah. um, it was sort of you're doing it in a very intentional way, right? Mm-hmm. So you're kind of going there for three days. You're with other people. You're in the middle of a forest, mm-hmm. and then you take like forty grams. Oh of wow! Like a, that they, seems like a lot. It's huh? a heroic dose, apparently. <laughs> um, be your own That's one hero. Of my favorite description. Yeah. Heroic. Heroic. So I was like, sure, <laughs> I could do that. Um, but that was, I mean, actually, they give you so much because they're aiming for like ego death. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was just, I was just on. Um, so I just found the shop. Uh, I, I really want to hear about this retreat. Yeah. I just found the shop um, that people have talked about for years in Prenzlauerberg, where you can buy the mushroom chocolate. I've been wanting it like there was, I'll I'll let you know where, if you're interested, but, um, I had a boyfriend, uh, in Berlin, like my longest boyfriend and he grew mushrooms. And so there was a a period where I had access to mushrooms all the time and I was probably munching on mushrooms maybe at least twice a week. Mm -hmm. And, um, whether it was like a small dose, sometimes quite a high dose. Um, but anyway, I got this mushroom chocolate and, um, I was researching how to store it and I was just like uh, mushroom chocolate storage and the internet corrected me to shroom chocolate storage. I was like, okay. <laughs> and there's this, this website called shroom, shroomery.net. Okay. Uh, which is just an, uh, .org, sorry. And uh, excellent website. And it has uh, trip reports and then it's got um, the levels of the trip. And so it's like microdosing level one, level two, level three. And the level four or five was it full ego death. Yeah. So tell us about 40 grams and full ego death and if that's yeah yeah so i actually i think i did it twice both occasions i don't think i had ego death maybe maybe i did the second time so the first time Mm -hmm. i did it and i was very i don't know kind of apprehensive because i'd never done psychedelics at all because i had like the fear of um i don't know maybe i knew other people who had done stuff or 
the sense of like because you know there's timelessness right so Mm -hmm. I and because I'm quite like an anxious negative person I was like what if I just get stuck in like a horrible trip and I feel like I'm trapped there or that kind of thing you know and the bad trip's definitely the the cause for you know being cautious around yeah Yeah. so I was you don't know what's inside and what what it's going to open up like it's like the idea of like I don't know what darkness is in here that I haven't being mm-hmm. honest with myself about what is this going to unlock and how am I going to get stuck? Yeah. Yeah. And so I sort of had some apprehensions about that, but I'd read so many things and like read different books and I was just like, yeah, I just want to try it. And this seems like a great environment to do it because it's like a proper organized retreat and there were like facilitators there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was just like, okay, I can help. Is- yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went and it was great. Like I took, yeah I don't know initially I was a bit freaked out because you're there with like 15 other people like Mm -hmm. all lying down in a room like it was did you get to get to meet these people a little bit beforehand yeah Yeah. we had like the first day we met and then the second day we had the ceremony so it was also (laughs) slightly culty and we like all had to wear white and I was like like it's getting weird yeah Yeah. um the needing to wear specific I would have said like don't wear, you know, t-shirts with like, um, like brand, like big, like just wear plain clothes. Yeah. But like specifically white seems very, a bit, yeah, too culty. It was a bit culty. Yeah. yeah. So it was a bit weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't know what to expect. So I kind of like took it. Yeah. How did you vibe with the people? Did it feel like, were you like, this is a good group of people? Were you a bit like, these people are fucking like weirdo, weirdo, like crazies? Did you feel like, oh, other people have the same level of anxiety as me? Or how did you feel? It was a really good mix uh, because it was like people from like, I don't know, mid twenties up to like eighties. There was like an 80 year old guy there who had never taken psychedelics in his life. That's very cool. And was like, let's do this. And it was like a range of nationalities. I Mm -hmm. mean, like all European. Okay. All like Northern European. So I was like, wow, I guess we're the stressed, depressed ones. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not getting any old Greek men. Yeah, people on like Greek islands living their best life. They're like, I'm cool. I don't need to. I don't need to find what darkness is within. Um, But yeah, so and everyone was there for a range of different reasons. You know, Mm -hmm. kind of some people just purely because they were like, oh, I'm 80 and I've never tried psychedelics, so I want to try it. Or you know, people having like because there's so much research done into psychedelics to help with mental health issues Mm -hmm. now as well. So some people trying it to get help with depression some people just genuinely curious some people mm-hmm. had yeah i don't know already had experience with them and wanted to do it in this setting do you think um the organizers uh like get applications you know um for for the retreat and then they curate the group or do you think it's just completely fucking random i think there might be an element of curation because i remember the application form is pretty detailed so mm-hmm. it's not just like you know fill your name out and send the money it's like mm-hmm. questions about like what experiences have you had with this or like other spirit and also kind of you know like experiences you've had with therapy or mental yeah. illness or all these things because yeah. because also i mean like if you have certain mental illnesses you just well i say can't you just really shouldn't you, shouldn't, yeah. you know like if you have a history of like schizophrenia in your mm-hmm. family or something then really it's not a good thing to do or it's just it's just very high risk yeah and yeah. you probably should have like a one-on-one guide if that's something that exactly. you still think like st- someone still thinks it's a good idea then yeah yeah a, a lot more yeah um what's the word i'm looking for like 
focused uh, care. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they do kind of ask all of these things. Um, so I guess they have a pretty good idea. And then even before you get to the retreat, we had like a sharing thing, uh, like an email sharing group where mm-hmm. people went into more detail about why they were there and stuff. And people just from the get-go, even in the emails, were like immediately like honest about mm-hmm. like brutally honest about stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when we were there, there was lots of kind of like group sharing. It was basically it's like group therapy for yeah. three days and a mushroom trip. Yeah. That sounds really good. It was good. Well, yeah. the first... <laughs> yeah, okay, because no, no. you did it twice, which is interesting. It is, so it says yeah. the first experience was wonderful. The first experience was great. Like I... um yeah we had it as like a tea and they kind of give you like three quarters and well you do it yourself like that's very important they don't want to be giving it to you it's like you're making a conscious decision to do this yeah and then you wait for like half an hour to see how it's kicking in and then you can have like a booster of like the rest of it and Mm -hmm. after half an hour I was like yeah I think I'm you know I'm not seeing anything so maybe I'll like have another have the rest and then it did kick in some people next to me were having a bad trip like someone was panicking Mm -hmm. that freaked me out because i was like oh no i'm gonna panic now as well Mm because they were like i don't like it i don't like it i was like Mm. oh fuck someone from the other side of the room made some crazy noise that i'd never heard and i was just like whoa i felt like we were descending into like madness and we're all wearing white so i felt like we were in some weird institution yeah i don't like the white thing i think they should get rid of that but yeah yeah yeah. but then and they have music playing right because obviously these like okay um, and then I was just really sort of like felt the music. It was mainly like classical music and stuff, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that was like really incredible. And then I just felt like kind of right, so so great in my own body. But I remember thinking like, whoa, maybe this is what heroin's like because I just felt like an entire like warmth in my body mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. feeling like kind of like really great and just all the things that I thought about or worried about it was just like why do I even worry about that and was yep. finding everything hilarious people around me are still freaking out and like probably having like the most <laughs> traumatic experience of their life and I'm like aren't human beings ridiculous aren't we stupid like everything's ridiculous this was my whole fantastic premise from it and I was just yeah. like finding everything hilarious mm-hmm. like okay just yeah and so that was um yeah just great and I sort of felt like very I felt like everything just the world seemed a bit more magical and like even after it finished you know for like the next few days I was just like wow I had this new level of resilience and I don't know I think I saw an owl straight afterwards and Mm -hmm. like this owl looked at me I don't think I was hallucinating but I felt like the owl was looking at me to be like hey Laura just checking how you're doing and I was like (laughs) my god this is like a whole new world like yeah owls care about me um owls see me <laughs> yeah, finally um yeah and i was just really like just like on like a high that lasted for obviously like that day and stuff but just really did feel like oh i've tapped into this different perspective of different things um, yeah i've definitely had that experience with mushrooms just yeah. feeling it's just i don't know i i sort of um explain my uh like the lasting result like lasting effect of mushrooms is just feeling more connected to the earth and Mm -hmm. more um aware of um my connection as like a piece of the earth and um and sort of just like yeah that 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 looseness with we're ridiculous (laughs) and and yeah um that existence like you can make it as heavy or as light as as, as yeah. you want. Yeah. 
exactly. yeah so i think that time i really tapped into like the lightness of things and it was very freeing mm-hmm. and then i went again last year because i was like great i'm ready for another like dose of happiness and stuff ah uh, so you went with the expectation mm. well, i don't know i think i wasn't feeling great but i was like i'm gonna do this because this will be another like good thing and mm-hmm. my intention was just like whatever comes up okay. i'm just gonna be open to yeah. the mushroom gods and you know because what do they always say like you don't like the mushrooms don't always give you what you want but they give you what you need interesting um and so i was like okay just whatever like i'm just gonna be open like I've got some experience of this now. Like I understand mm-hmm. like the feeling of like the fucking chaos of like everything changing. Yeah. Um, and I was just fully like open to whatever comes up. And what came up was just a lot of <laughs> darkness. Uh-huh. Uh, very bleak, like genuinely like very dark, like as in oh. like kind of literally like color sucked out of the world, feeling like Shit. everything's like gray. And um, can I ask what year that was? It was last year. Okay. Yeah, like last, just before Halloween. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> October. Maybe I was just really feeling the Halloween vibes. Maybe it was um, the earth and the... Yeah. Uh, but I think, I think October. I'd like gone into that feeling not that great. And it sort of just basically like heightened. It was like, oh, you want to know about isolation and loneliness? We're going to teach you about that and stuff Mm. but then it wasn't all horrific like there was sort of this sense of like spaciousness and stuff like at some point I felt like I was like in space and like a planet maybe and then at one point I felt like I was a rock and that was very calming and that's even was that even before everything everywhere everyone (laughs) Uh, well exactly yeah yeah the rock scene but (laughs) I think it was after but then I think I was just all about tapping into being an inanimate thing because then I think at some Mm. point I felt like I was like a chest of drawers (laughs) like I love that (laughs) I love that (laughs) like I was just yeah like a cabinet in a room just like watching people come and go or something and yeah. i was like wow i really feel like i know what it means to be a cabinet now <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing no i i, I yeah uh, yeah I, and and so you do feel like that is um at that point because i guess in october you're you're like you're looking down the barrel of winter like you're mm. it's approaching winter and yeah. so maybe there was like do you feel like that was sort of your your body and the mushrooms getting you prepared for the i think oncoming yeah i mean season? it was like another weird thing was that i mean i think also why it was quite dark is like i had a real sense of a friend um who died um so yeah sorry that's quite dark no but, no no that's don't be sorry but, but um but it was it was like someone that i hadn't thought about him for a while and then yeah. like he just kind of came into my friend and it's like i could sense he was there in some way not that i like mm-hmm. saw him but i could almost like hear him or you know and mm-hmm. like and it wasn't like a thing of i think i was like trying to say to him like are you okay like are you okay and he was yeah. just like it's just different it's just different and i was oh, like wow. whoa okay so on some level i was like wow i feel like i'm making a connection in some way but then also feeling scared, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think like, but almost sensing that he could sense I was scared and not wanting to freak me out. To, I don't know. This is fantastic though. And then- Did uh, he pass yeah. close to that trip or- 2018. Okay, so still sort So of, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of was just like, okay. So then I was just like crying a lot. So I think it was, a lot of it was about grief and yeah. just like feeling stuff I hadn't felt. And then 
after the retreat, I, I don't know, like I wasn't aware of the date or that kind of thing. And then I checked my calendar and it had been, it was like basically like the four year anniversary of him oh, wow. dying. And I was just like, wow, maybe that was it. Like on some level, there was that there and yeah, for things sure. coming together. So yeah, I'm getting yeah. little, little goosebumps. That's, that's very, um, oh, that's, that's really beautiful. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, I don't see that as a thing of, oh, that's, bad you know it was mm. like that was something that was like probably like unprocessed or not feeling stuff like I just was crying a lot yeah and um yeah so I think that was part of it as well so even though yeah. it was yeah I mean I guess from a lot of stuff that I've read and when I speak to people about trips as well like people say like oh it's, there's not necessarily bad trips there's difficult mm-hmm. trips or yeah you know um, yeah for sure yeah yeah I think I've only had uh like one bad I'd call it a bad trip, I yeah. guess. Um, and I haven't processed it too much, but it wasn't like, it wasn't anything, um, like nothing, nothing bad happened and it, like it didn't have any lasting negative effects, but it was um, the first time on shrooms that I'd, I really felt scared. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was with that boyfriend that I had that grew them. and um, And yeah, we would do them all the time. Like I had one trip where I just took more than I'd expected to. And I was in a very inappropriate place for it. <laughs> oh and no. It was like my inappropriate, like it wasn't like I had any responsibility, but I was in this bar where a lot of the locals, like my friend used to manage it. And a lot of the locals were like circus caricatures. Whoa. And then, yeah. And then like, and then like there was a lot of different light going on <laughs> and it was like, and a lot of different images that were quite, um, uh intense i guess mm-hmm. around me and um and yeah and so this boyfriend had given like i think it was i can't even remember what the occasion was but he'd made juice mm-hmm. and like we drank half of it and i was like how many mushrooms were in there and he was like 20 i'm like what mm. what, what i was like oh and then in this bar and then it coming on and it being extremely intense and then me like we need to leave now mm-hmm. called an uber get into this Uber. This motherfucking Uber had like fucking LED lights inside that changed colors and TV screens on the back of the front car seats. And it was just like, I went from one sensory overload to an at like to the most yeah. surreal, like I've never seen an, a car like that again. And of oh course God. that's the fucking car we get. And so like the, the screens in front of us are these like changing lights inside. Oh it's just like, fuck. Uh, really cool car, but like not the right time. Yeah, no. Or the perfect time. I don't know. And then, and then we got to my apartment, and um, and I I remember being uh, in my toilet and in, in my little bathroom, and it was one of those sort of you know how you know certain um, blueprints of apartments in Berlin. You get to a point where you're like, oh, I've been in this apartment sure. before. Yeah, it's one of those long narrow toilets, and where the showers at the back and the toilets like right in front. And there's very long and narrow. And I remember sitting on the toilet and just like the whole bathroom extending out and out and out and out and out and and this kind of thing but that was and then it was like okay let's let's go into the bedroom let's put on some shamanic drums and like turn off the lights Mm -hmm. and and that was that was really good um and that was that was fine it was just overwhelming but yeah the negative trip was when we're at his apartment um on his balcony there were lots of trees in front of it and the trip was very intense and I just started feeling like um I just started feeling very alone and scared and yeah just like the sense of isolation Mm -hmm. was very strong um yeah and and sadness 
and I'm not sure what I was processing. Um, but yeah, I just sort of took myself to bed and, uh, and slept it off. But yeah, that was, that was pretty much, oh, that's the cool thing with mushrooms. You can pretty much always <clears throat> sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so even if it's really bad, you can just exit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't done shrooms for, I, I, I had some shroom chocolate, uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't really feel like it was very mild, uh-huh. very, very mild. Um, so mild that like after three hours I decided to take a, an, like a bit of LSD as well. Nice. <laughs> I was just like, what is this? I'm yeah. already committed to something. I haven't really felt any of the like strong effects. So let's let's do this properly. Um, but still very mild. But um, but yeah. So I've just I just bought this chocolate from Hanslau bag, and I'm excited to have a proper mushroom trip trip for the first time in like maybe like four years. Nice. I haven't really had a proper mushroom trip for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's yeah. I I think one thing I wanted to start doing more of now is like experimenting with just like yeah smaller doses. I mean, I did yeah. do microdosing for a bit. I didn't really do see much of a benefit yeah but i think you do have to be very intentional and like journal and all of these things whereas i didn't but but yeah i think just kind of not doing crazy amounts but just enough to experience these altered states and different things because yeah. i think it is very it can be really useful to kind of yeah discover yeah. things or get new perspectives definitely right definitely and yeah and that's the thing with shrooms more than LSD I feel like shrooms there's something really like LSD is good but there's a a different level of insight and I think like earthly connection with mushrooms Mm. that LSD I haven't necessarily um, experienced but just yeah like the becoming inanimate objects is very like I I love that so much I uh, yeah yeah do you have an active dream life like do you journal about your dreams or do you remember your dreams quite vividly uh not not so much at the moment although actually at the moment i'm trying to do a bit of the artist's way you know uh-huh. have you read that book so i haven't read it but i know the the concept of like um writing your morning pages yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean that's basically the only thing i'm doing from it like, yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing i've ever tried to do from it as well yeah um but i found that quite good because it's so it's like the first thing i do in the morning i just like uh like free write three pages yeah and so i think inevitably like it does end up being about like oh weird dream about this thing or that Mm -hmm. kind of thing Mm -hmm. and stuff Mm -hmm. and so um it's sort of yeah kind of maybe helping me remember stuff a bit more Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't have a super vivid dream life how about Mm -hmm. you yeah yeah pretty vivid pretty like and i've had sort of most of my big insights into my subconscious or where i'm at emotionally have been from my dreams Mm -hmm. and so i'll often like wake up and just like write it down pen pen to paper um i say pen to paper because when i've done morning pages because it's three pages yep i tend to do it on a computer and that way Uh, i can and that way it's easier if i wanted to if there's anything but i'm not sure if i should be doing a pen to paper to be honest i'm wondering if that's gonna that would be more therapeutic or i mean they yeah they say to do it with like pen to paper mm. and also the thing i quite like about it is mm. i don't know it's like they say don't read it mm. so or i think like when you're doing the steps of this thing it, it's like after about a couple of months they're like okay now go back and like reread your morning pages so it's stuff mm. you haven't looked at and then like you can be like oh actually like there was it was all there all along i knew what i needed to do yeah yeah um, yeah yeah okay i might start doing it pen to pen like the only reason why i haven't as I, I, I was doing it in like computer form was 
in case any ideas for bits came up so I could then access it across my like Google Docs. Yeah. Um, and then also um, my current like journal is very small. So if to do three pages is like nothing. Um, by journal, I mean like the thing I have next to my mm-hmm. bed. Yeah. And, and for like emotional processing as well as for uh, my dreams. But yeah, so I'll often wake up from a dream and like write it down immediately. Um, yeah. And then I don't usually look at it until like weeks or months later. And then I'm like, Oh my God. And the insight I get around like whatever I was processing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've had like big breakthroughs and like, uh, gotten a lot of clarity and made big decisions because of my dreams. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I don't believe in any kind of like, predictive like qualities to them. it's more that they, they're just they're just like a a little you know like they just like focus in and like a little microscope into you know what what's what's really going on for you yeah and so what you need to do like what i want to do well like because i feel like um just like society doesn't teach you to uh check in and like test different things uh in terms of consumption whether mm-hmm. it's alcohol or you know your coping mechanisms i think society also doesn't teach us very well how to figure out what we want oh for sure i have no <laughs> idea what i want like but that's something i'm trying to work on as well because yeah. i i'm like an awful not well i'm a people pleaser right yeah. so because uh and it's so obvious and it's so ironic right because people pleasing is actually not a pleasing attribute to most people right because and not in massive ways but just in small ways like you know like people pick up on it like my friends will be like they'll be like oh do you want to do this thing i'm like sure and they're like do you actually want to or are you just saying that because like you know it makes you hard to read as a person yeah and a lot of the time it's it's not i'm like i don't know what i want and what i don't and i'm trying to work on that Mm. by doing I mean, it sounds stupid, but like someone invited me to something like the other day. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, like pause. It's like, do I want to go or not? Like, let's think about this. And then I have to like get out a a pen and paper and do like the pros and cons of these things. And it's like, Mm -hmm. what do I want? And it's, I feel like I'm only just learning how to be like an adult and figure out like my wants and needs at this stage. Mm -hmm. But then, because if you just don't have access to this inner voice or your like own instinct of what you do want and what you don't, then- you're not lying to someone <laughs> like kind of saying like, well, no, I do want to do that. It sounds good, but I'm just not really tapped into what I want actually. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, uh, there were two points, but then I started to try and focus in on the points and then they started dissolving. But, um, <laughs> the, uh, Oh, I, that's, that's what I want to say. So instinct, instincts and then um what you want so i guess like the before i forget the what you want thing i think often in our um experiences uh upbringing trauma Mm -hmm. we also start um fearing asking or, or articulating what we want because when we yeah when we've done that maybe we've had experiences where we don't get or we like lose love or we lose relationships because we've said what we want so I think there's um, there's this thing of like fear of articulating what we want. And then with instincts, that was something that I really started connecting with more uh, my late 20s when I, have you heard of the book? It's cult classic amongst feminists, um, Women Who Run With The Wolves. Mm, I don't know if I have heard of no? it. Okay. Um, so some people are a little bit like, like any good thing, you get kind of cultish, um, you know, like... 
extremist followers or whatever but like uh but like it's it's just a book that goes through um folklore like like sort of fairy tales from around the world and uh like shares the fairy tale and then um pulls it apart uh with sort of the lens of feminist psychotherapeutic um, analysis of going like what does this story actually teach us and what are these symbols and what can we take from this and how can we like connect also with the wild woman and what um you know what it is to be a woman and and not a woman in uh her um kind of traumatized like bruised beaten reduced form that a lot of the social structures that are in place around the world create like so um like the true wild world like like Mm -hmm. like the human you know like the before um economics right (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so uh, me reading this book like um my mom had this book from psychotherapy because she studied psychotherapy it was in the bookshelf when i was younger and i pulled it out once in my 20s and i remember when i pulled it out like i stole it from my mom actually and when i stole it i went to read it and i was like oh if i read this i'm gonna leave my husband um and so i started reading it towards the end of my relationship with my ex-husband and um what do you know it worked um but uh but because it is very much about connecting with your instincts looking after yourself um connecting with your creativity that being like a fundamental part of being you know human but um but yeah the trust in your instincts part is uh yeah like the practice of stopping and checking in with yourself Mm -hmm. and seeing how you're feeling like that's um we're not taught that. Yeah. It's insane. It's like, and, and whether or not you feel safe or whether or not you want something, it's like checking in with your something, like taking a moment and just sitting with something and seeing, like posing that question to yourself, do I want to do this or do I want to do something different? And sitting with that and seeing me, okay, okay something different. Okay. So like, what are the options? Do I want to do this? Or do I wanna... And yeah. like going through this, like very slow but like you know like slow branching like option sheet to fucking figure out what do i actually want to do you know know, it's crazy yeah and and i mean i'm sure it's not the case but then you feel like you look around and everyone's just like killing it just knows it they're just like yeah yes no this that and i'm like did i miss something (laughs) like Like, yeah and I don't want it to make it. I don't want to make it about um, like the sexes or gender or anything. But I do wonder how many men relate to this. Yeah, you know, I'm sure that there are lots. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder if there is a bit of a because of the way a lot of um, you know uh, social structures have formed the the position of women and this whole people pleasing thing. Yeah. Yes, there are men that are people pleasers. Yes, of course, of course. But I just wonder if it's a little bit more pushed onto the woman because it was like keeping the family, keeping mm-hmm. everyone, being the emotional sort of um I don't know, like like together oh God, English. <laughs> you know, the, the 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 emotional support and structure for society, just like yep. making sure everyone is okay. Yeah. You know, as like, mother. Yeah, kind of taking the brunt of the emotional load of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also I think it's, yeah, I agree as well. Like it's it's kind of, yeah, like not just like a thing for women, but I think mm. also like, and we've all got, you know, like roles that we're meant to be conditioned to play within society at large yeah. and all that kind of thing. But yeah. I do think like for women, it's like kind of maybe the punishment is a, is much harsher if you're not 
nice if you're not yeah. friendly if you're not accommodating like mm -hmm. i'm thinking like within like the workplace or something or like if yeah. you sort of say something um you know it just being assertive people are like oh well she's bossy or like that was rude or you know whereas if right. a guy is just like no we're not doing that they'll be like wow assertive leadership skills yes absolutely yeah absolutely i yeah i don't like to i don't i try not to think about what other people think of me but i know that like you know getting to the, like like when i produce my own shows and like people are just sort of taking a bit more time of my time than necessary or asking a lot of me or whatever mm -hmm. i will be quite like uh that, like this is my answer and now i'm moving on or, no yeah. like actually i had a i had someone recently like someone that i know very well uh arrive at my show that was a booked show it's a bucket split so it's not even like an open mic like I choose people to perform because I'm going to be giving them some of the profits, right? Like they get a cut. Um, booked show and this person arrives right beforehand and asks to perform on the show. And I'm like, it's a booked show. And they're like, oh, but I just want to try this joke out because it's really relevant to the news right now. And I'm like, well, it's not an open mic. It's not for trying. Oh, well, I've tried the joke somewhere else. I'm like, I told you it's a booked show. And they're like, but I just want to, I'm just, like, I'm here. I just want the like, can I just not get on stage and tell the joke? I'm like, not no like i think yeah. i've said this like four times no this is a book show like uh, and then they ask again and i'm like why are you pushing my boundaries i've just said in so many ways that this is not an option for you but it's nice to see you i'd love to be able to help mm -hmm. but th there's there's no space for it yeah and then they were like oh fine whatever and like just left angry and it's like <laughs> i'm i'm certain that this person thinks that I'm a fucking bitch because I just held to, you know, yeah. held to it. Yeah. I mean, I, like, this is it. Like, this is the thing with, like, setting boundaries and stuff as, as well. Because, like, that's a completely reasonable thing. It's mm. like, you know, like, someone asks, like, can I do this? And you're like, uh, no, because of this. And because yeah. of this reason and that kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. And then it's, like, kind of just, like, the flat refusal of, like, no, but I want to. Okay, cool. We all want things. We don't always get the things we want. Exactly. It's like this you know what why are you making this into a thing yeah and like why do you think that why do you have any um expectation and entitlement around getting this thing yeah like you could have like like you didn't contact me or like but regardless like i would have had the same answer mm. no matter what it's a one hour show yeah i've already got five comedians on we split the time like you're taking you'll be taking minutes from other people yeah particularly me this is my production like just no like yeah <laughs> i'm not having someone try and you joke out at a show that is, is a split like a split bucket so no but um yeah anyway just like i yeah i, I just wonder how that come i do I, and i hate i don't want to make it about the sexes but like or gender but like um i do wonder how much that how that conversation would have gone with a like that person speaking to a male producer if mm -hmm. it would have been the same yeah. like stroppiness and uh, sense of entitlement eh. um, um 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 so instincts knowing what we want where was that going back to but uh i was so one of the things you said well firstly i want to read that book yeah, the wolf yeah, yeah. book yeah. i want to be a wolf yeah, um yeah. but it was interesting that you said like you kind of picked up this book and you're like, oh, if I pick this up, I already know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, so you, it seems like you were already super in touch with your instincts anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I guess 
I guess like there's instincts and there's also self-delusion right because <laughs> it's yeah. like the thing of like oh I this is so clearly the thing I need to do but I don't wanna exactly or like I don't want to deal with the fallout of this or like everything so it's it's hard to know what's not being in touch with your instincts and what's just self-delusion in yeah. some way absolutely absolutely I do like um going back to the sort of the consumption uh altered state and then like um, what's healthy, you know, I do think like, I don't know. I, I have moments of worrying that like, okay, I've stopped drinking, but I'm engaging with other drugs relatively regularly, but it's not stopping me from doing anything. And I feel very clear and, you know, the effects of these drugs wear off much faster and they don't make me want to do more of them. Um, and I did have a, a night the other day where I was supposed to, like, I was supposed to go out partying and instead I said no and I just came home and I ended up listening to, <laughs> like, I watched this episode of, um, of Beef. If you haven't checked it out, watch Beef. It's, it's, uh, Ali Wong's, uh, new Netflix series. Mm, there are some moments of funny in it, but it's more of a drama. Um, and like very, yeah enjoyably artistic in, in some ways. Um, but also uh, it's about people that are our age, Laura. So like mm -hmm. people in mid thirties going through their moments. And anyway, um, it's got a lot of music from our teenage years in it. And so, yeah, watch this episode. And then um, the closing song, of the episode was uh, Incubus's Drive and which just started making me cry and I was like oh my god I need to connect with this feeling and then ended up listening to the whole album start to finish and just crying for the entirety of the wow. album okay. and like singing along to it like it was like a very sad little moment that thankfully no one like the, the joys of living by yourself this is this is <laughs> the like... joys of living by yourself and then talking about it on a podcast <laughs> 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 yeah no one will ever know. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Although, yeah, like, I'm happy to talk about it, but, like, <laughs> to watch me do that is a very different thing. Like, to watch someone, like, like shaking and howling yeah. tears as they, like, stand over the sink and then, like... <laughs> Then, like, sing along to some fucking lame lyrics and then, like, cry in a different part of the apartment. And But it was so, like, and it was, it was funny because it was the night that um, the heavens opened in Berlin. It was, like, the biggest thunderstorm, like, yeah. exactly a week and a day ago. And, um, but it was just, it was, yeah, one of those, those, like, I really... Yeah, I said no to going out. I said I didn't want to take any drugs and I wanted to just sit at home and feel. And so I think... I, I'm not sure how much of this is me going, no, I'm fine. And I don't have a problem with any addiction or, or substance abuse. But like, I think if you're still making time to feel and like, and if you're not using drugs as an escape from your problems, mm -hmm. then I think you're okay. I think as well, it's, it's, yeah, it, I don't know. It's kind of just try not to judge yourself too harshly on these different things as well. Because like, <laughs> I am very aware of kind of talking now. I've been like, I haven't drunk for nine days. Wow, that's exciting. But it's also a bit scary to say it to people. Like I haven't told a lot of my friends um, mm -hmm. just because I'm like, I'm an unreliable narrator of my life, you know? <laughs> so like if I'm like, yeah, everything's great now. I figured everything out. And then like people see me like a week from now, like a wasted mess or whatever, or like just a happy drunk, who knows, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like, okay, just, it's like a continue everything's always like continuously changing so on yes. that night where you like actually no right now i'm don't want to do this i'm going to do this or whatever yeah. and so it's kind of if you're and also i guess the thing to look at is like patterns of behavior as mm. well right yes. so it's kind of like if 
oh, I'm doing, I'm taking this every day and it's having this effect. And, you know, it's kind of, it's the same thing as like weighing up the pros and cons. So, I mean, you know, I could say like, oh, I'm not an alcoholic because I don't drink vodka in the morning. It's like, okay. Isn't that the classic? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, do you wake up and have a drink? Oh, then you're fine. It's (laughs) like, exactly. yeah. that's not. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I think there's not like some like clear cut thing of like, Mm. do you have a problem? Do you not? It's kind of like, well, is it, are you addicted? Are you not? I mean, like I'm massively addicted to like cigarettes, whatever, but I'm Mm. not. And of course they're having like a, health issue for me but i can still do things and that's like the lesser vice right now exactly right so it's kind of just figuring these things out and it seems like you're already considering it so yeah i'm considering it i'm like oh like like for example last night i had a show and then afterwards it was it was quite a yesterday's felt like a bit of a surreal day but i don't know i think just the weather in berlin at the moment it's like it's very change like it's it's changing a lot like it'll be really 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 like sunny and hot and then it will the sun will disappear and then it will get colder and then it will get colder and then it will start raining but then it'll be super fucking hot again yeah and it's like it's 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 um i I, like talking about the weather seems so banal (laughs) but it's like but it fucks with you somehow like there's something it, it, it affects it affects me quite a bit and um Anyway, I had this show yesterday where uh, also because my Facebook account was hacked. So I've been I felt felt quite out of sorts. And anyway, and I wasn't able to like promote my show. And so it was the turnout was quite small, but there happened to be like 20 people there from this hip hop show that was happening right before I started. And then it ended up being a great show, basically. And then afterwards, I was like, ah, I'm going to I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to do a little bit of like everyone wanted to hang out. I'm going to like I'm going to do a little bit of ketamine. Probably in hindsight, I don't know why, but I. I'm like, maybe I should have done Coke instead of ketamine. But like, I kind of wanted to feel a little bit loose because I felt like I'd been so like productive and da da da. And so I wanted the sort of loose vibe. And then after I took it and I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out with people, I was like, whoa, this was more than I expected. I think it's new ketamine. And so mm-hmm. it's like somehow it was stronger. And I was like, and I was feeling quite like quite affected by it. And I was like, this isn't, I think I just did too much of it. But then like when you do a little bit too much of something, you start like questioning if you're okay and like what's wrong with you if this is what you're doing. And it was fine. But why am I bringing it up? Well, I was just like, like just questioning why I did it. And I did it to celebrate, but then I ended up feeling, anyway, I think the moral of last night was just like, do less. (laughs) Just a little bit less. That was a little bit more than I did. (laughs) Yeah. But then it's like, yeah, the, uh, probably part of the reason why like people still do things is like just because I don't drink alcohol, like I don't want to like have no fun whatsoever or something, you know. So it's exactly. still like we still need to feel joy in some way. Yeah. And also, it's kind of like yeah, like I don't know, like sometimes like taking drugs helps with that, sometimes mm-hmm. not. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of yeah, yeah. As long as you don't like feel bad about yourself for it, or yeah, yeah right. And don't like judge yourself because I don't know people. You could have like I don't know like the cleanest life ever, but still be fucking miserable in some Ex- way. Exactly, you know? exactly, and you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, like I did it, and I was like, that was a bit too much. I think, oopsies. Um, and then it was like, I'm okay, I'm okay. But be like, I just had the thought of like, what if like I feel overwhelmed and then I need to tell people, but no one of no one knows that I'm like I'm doing these drugs. You know what I mean? And it's like, hey guys, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna close my eyes and lie down for a second. I'm feeling overwhelmed, and that'd be like, what? Like, I would love it if someone said that. If I was in the group of people and someone said that, I would be like, cool. Can we all do that? Because I also need a timeout. 
Like, let's normalize saying you're overwhelmed and you just need to lie down. Yeah, right? Let's yeah. do that. Fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, the cushion, like the seating there was very comfortable. <laughs> it would have been like, just like a little bit like, can we just stop talking for a second? Yeah. But then also the other element of that, of um, this, this little experience was that also in the middle of it, I was like, but I... There's something in me that really enjoys overcoming, like like feeling overwhelmed and yet still being completely conversationally um, like apt. Is it like what's the word? Like like capable mm-hmm. and like no one's noticing that I'm fucking like feeling like whoa in my head and like maintaining the conversation and everything is like. I'm saying everything I'm thinking and it's all very logical and it's all working, but I'm just like working quite hard to make this work. Uh And I quite, and I used to say that that's why I enjoyed weed because it's like, it's like proving to yourself that even when you're feeling quite over overwhelmed by a substance that you can still keep it together and you're completely, you know, like uh, functional. Yeah. Yeah. But then (laughs) do you think that like, you think you're functional. Yeah. You think like, I am nailing this conversation. <laughs> like, I am so charismatic and interesting. And like the people around you are actually like, whoa. Like, oh. Well, the thing is, I'm, I only I only say with confidence <laughs> that I, I feel like I was doing well. I can't speak for my times when I smoked weed. you have like weed. a video crew following you throughout your entire <laughs> life. Let's watch that pack Tuesday night. Yeah, that was good. That was <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> we we certify you can keep taking that much ketamine it's fine yeah um no but i say it because um i was with my my little brother came and visited me and uh, i ended up taking him to like a like a club de vision and i'm just like oh, yeah. you know very chill but it was a sunday night the party was going pretty wild um my little brother doesn't drink but i was like this is party vibes i feel like taking some drugs so i didn't tell him but i did like a little bit of coke and then a little bit of ketamine and then a little bit more of both and we were there for like four hours and there were times where i was like i was having this exact same feeling as i had last night of like oh la la like i'm maintaining this conversation and like and like kind of almost leading the conversation but i'm like am i am i am i worthy of this right now and is this working and um and later i told my little brother i was like like towards the end i was like um are you sure you don't want to drink? Cause he does drink alcohol. I'm like, cause I, I'm, I've taken some drugs. Like, do you, are you sure you don't want to drink? You know, like that. And he was like, you've been taking drugs. I'm like, yeah, just a little bit. It's like, what have you taken? I was like, this and this He's like, you were completely normal. I was like, I was like, I feel like I was holding it together. Absolutely fine. But I was, I enjoy the, the feeling of not being completely with it, but mm-hmm. I'm still apparently presenting like I am. Yeah. And he had no idea. Um, and also like you can usually gauge how people are reacting to you. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I know that when I was, yeah. I would be stoned and I would be talking and people would be like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you do get like, you do get, you know, audience feedback. <laughs> yeah. True. True. Yeah. Whether, whether you like take it on board or not, be like, yeah. eh, I disagree with your assessment. I think I'm doing pretty great right now. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, anyway, that was just a nice, that was a funny little moment last night where I was like, hmm, okay. Good note to self. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, okay, let's, um, do we want to talk, we've talked, uh, this is quite long already. Maybe, um, is there anything on the, on the, in, on the spectrum of sex that you uh, thought of or um, wanted to bring up? And I'll see if I've got anything that I wanted to quickly ask um yeah so like one thing i was thinking was so i figured out like talking of patterns i figured out kind of a fun pattern recently mm-hmm. where so i would say right now i guess i identify as someone who's bisexual mm-hmm. right 
But then that's because I've had relationships with men and women. Yeah. Um, and yeah, before, like when I was like younger, I identified as being a lesbian because I mm-hmm. was only with women. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I fell in love with a woman when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm a lesbian. And like, was like, you know, kind of like came out and did all of that thing. <gasps> wow, I'm a lesbian. Wow, yay. <laughs> but I, I mean, I say it like, that sounds like a very secure thing. I was still not sure. I was just yeah. like, well, I love this person yeah. and they're a woman. So maybe I'm yeah. a lesbian. I was still figuring stuff out. And so then I was like, kind of like, okay, this is my thing. But I always was a bit unsure of the identity in some way. Cause yeah. I was like, well, who knows? You know, like mm-hmm. you never know who you're going to meet and people are people and that kind of thing. And it feels limiting. It's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt like some pressure that I had to decide for some reason. I, I, I don't know where it was coming from, but yeah. so I did that. This was all fine. And then when I was 29. Probably from men. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Mainly the men in my life saying like, just pick a lane. (laughs) Like decide. Um, And then, so that was 19. And then 29, I meet a guy and I'm like, oh, I really like this guy. Mm. And like, I'd only been with like, I mean, I had a boyfriends. I'd had sex with men before or whatever, but I don't know, I met this guy and he was like kind of like my first boyfriend when I was 29. Mm-hmm. So it was like first girlfriend, 19, wow. first boyfriend, 29. Yeah. And now I'm 37, right? Yeah. So now I'm like, what's going to happen when I'm 39? Yeah, right. Like, uh, like, well, chest I, of drawers. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, I'm thinking I'm going to be someone, you know, there'll be a documentary about me marrying like a chest of drawers or a cabinet. I'm like, I saw them in a mushroom trip. I felt, I felt like I found the one. Although then that could come to the argument of like, um, are you, are you like, do you want to, do you want to like be with that person or do you just want to be that person? (laughs) Well, when I dated women, I basically only dated people who look like me. Interesting. You've done that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cause like if I met someone new and like say to like a friend and they would be like, Oh, what they're like? Uh, what are they like? And I described them, and they'd be like, "Oh, so they look like you." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." They were like, "Well, that's on brand. Well done. So you found funny. another one." <laughs> They've all looked like you. Pre- I mean, you know, with some variations, like, but like, all have brown hair. Yeah. Slight variations in different heights, but generally very similar. That's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. I um. I have been with men that look like my brother, maybe. Like, okay. I think only one boyfriend like that. Um, and he also happened to have the same surname as my mom. So it was like, maybe we were related back. No, we we had different tartans um, in Scotland, so it's okay. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's what counts. That's what counts. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but when I'm attracted to women, um, and I'm, I've said it on the pod before, but like, and it, it feels wrong, but like the women, the only women that I've been really attracted to, um, like I've had sex with lots of women, but sex, with, I've never really had sex with a woman that I'm like romantically interested in. Okay. You only have sex with women you hate. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate that pussy. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I've never like, never been like into any other women that I've had sex with. Okay. Yeah, which sounds bad. <laughs> All right. Doesn't I'm it? just wondering, like, how it came about. Like, were they, like, sex do you want to come back to mine? Oh, okay. Sex okay, parties yeah, yeah. or, like, orgy situations where sure. it's, like, um, yeah, like, 
oh, we're all naked, and ah, oh, this woman's here, and it's like, okay, then we do the stuff here, yeah. and just you're just like, being a good good party guest, ex- exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just polite. <laughs> um, uh, but the only women that I've been like romantically, sexually interested in have been Asian, uh, okay. which is random. Ran- mm-hmm. Like uh, maybe it's just because I grew up in Australia, and so like <clears throat> that's a big part of the big percentage of the population. But uh, it just happens to be that that's the pattern there. Like. There were quite like a couple of Indonesian girls when I was growing up. And then there's been like yeah, some other Asian nationalities as well. And I'm like, that's weird. But it's yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm, and I'm typically not attracted to women. Like most women just register as like sister vibe or friend vibe. And it's only ever been women who look very different to me. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, 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 it's less about <laughs> any kind of fetishization, <laughs> of, fetishization of any nationality, but more about they need to look very different to me. Okay. Yeah. 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 But, and so with the men, do they look very different from you or very, are they also kind of similar um, or just varied? I think I'm obsessed with brunettes. Like, have okay. I, no, have I dated someone who's got like blonde hair or different colored hair? I'm not sure. Blonde people usually don't like me. Yeah, I don't think blonde people like me either. No, I don't like, I, it seems like a very weird thing to say, but yeah, <laughs> like blonde guys usually, like I might be into them and they're just yeah. not into me. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think same. No. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no blonde people. Which is random. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like really into like, yeah, dark, dark features. Okay. Yeah, dark, dark, dark. Like, yeah, like doesn't have to be like, like, like from Africa, but like, as in like black hair. Usually, I'm into black hair, black curly hair, and then um, yeah, that's pretty much it, really. Yeah, black curly hair's the thing. Okay, so that's interesting. So you're thinking chest of drawers when you hit twenty, when you hit thirty nine. Pretty much. <laughs> like I'm already eyeing up like the cabinet you have over there. I'm like, sure, I could make a life with. With the piece of furniture. People really like that cabinet. It's I like great. it. It's great. Yeah. Apparently yeah. it's from France from the 50s. But okay. I don't know. That, I think they just put an extra 50 euro on the price tag. Okay, I yeah. was like, yes, take it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. I, I said to myself, I said to myself um, that uh, I would like to try to be with women more. Um, but it's just, yeah, I just... On the apps, like, oh, the, I, I've connected with one woman, but we haven't talked, but she's, like, it's like, for me to be in, interested in a woman, I need to feel intimidated or, uh, or like a big power difference in a, I don't know, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's weird, because I mean, like, I am on the apps as well. I think at the moment on the apps, it's like only, I'm only looking at men. I don't know. I think mm. I'm in like a mm. man vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not that I'm really meeting up with anyone, but because I mean like, because I'm in the decade of like this <laughs> current, whatever sexuality I have, which changes on like the uh, year before the next decade. Um, mm-hmm. But I I don't know. It sounds so trite, but I do think it's just like people are people are people, that kind of thing. Like yeah. I, a lot of the time it's just like an unexpected thing. Like when I met this person when I was 19, I was just like, that was the first time I ever felt of like, oh my God, like that draw of attraction to a person, you know? Yeah. And then like the same with like the person that I met when I was 29 of just like, whoa. And it like doesn't make sense. And like all mm-hmm. of these things. So mm-hmm. I'm just always all about that. And I don't know yeah. how I find that apart from just meeting people, you know? Have you ever had that, like either of those or any time, have you ever been like, whoa, from someone that you've met on an app? Yeah, actually my longest relationship was someone I met on, well, I feel like it was before apps, okay. right? So like it was a girlfriend I had in my 20s, 
We met on Gaydar Girls. <laughs> Have you heard of this? God. No. Okay. So this is okay, right? This like dates it so much because I Gaydar re- girls. Gaydar girls. That, that feels like it's like like hate speech. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, it's it's so good. But it was, and also like the website, if it even still exists. I mean, I'm sure they would have redone it. But it was so like something from like 1998. You know, like the websites that look yes. so like kind of blocky and weird and. But I think like Tinder and stuff didn't exist. And also like if you were like, or maybe they only did for straight people or something, but for like meeting mm. women, there mm-hmm. was like this specific Gaydar girls thing. And then you only got like a certain amount of messages to exchange with each other. And then you had to start paying, which no one wanted to do. So you'd have like, you had to say a lot in these messages. Yeah. And then if you felt like a good vibe, you'd be like, hey, should we take this over to MySpace? <laughs> And then message each other on MySpace. Oh my God, that's great. And uh, yeah, so we met up. And because I think it was still a time where people were like, oh my God, internet dating. Something awful is going to happen. Yes, like, um, yes. And I think she was kind of a bit, I think I was the first person she'd met off the internet. And and I'd been seeing a few other people. So I was like, no, it's fine. I do this all the time. I just <laughs> meet random women and hang out. And I think she was like, okay. Um but then yeah that was kind of a pretty much like immediate thing as well and that was great yeah wow, that's cool that's cool i love gay dog girl that's <laughs> such a good name i'm gonna check if it still exists that's so good I, we had um <laughs> tinder came out what like 2013 2012 maybe yeah yeah and um around or maybe 2014 actually i don't know but uh i wasn't on it until 2017 and um, with my ex-husband, we were on websites to find people to fuck together. Okay. And the websites were like Adult Matchmaker. And then the other one, the worst name was uh, RedHotPie.com. What? Yeah. How gross is that? Red Hot Pie. Oh, my God. Yeah. it's that. That's gross. Yeah. They should have workshopped that more. Oh. It should have been a longer meeting yeah. for the branding there. Oh, right. Yeah. So gross. Red Hot Pie. <laughs> That's so aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> so aggressively, like, dirty and bleh. But uh, But, yeah, so I can relate to the, the online stuff. Uh-huh. Admittedly, my ex was more... He, he dealt with the admin. I didn't want to have to deal with the admin of meeting people because it wasn't that much of a priority for me to, to be fucking other people. But, yeah. Um, okay. And so... Um, and have you found that... Uh, you've been in Berlin now for how long? Four years. Four years. Do you feel like... Um, do you feel like the classic Berlin dating's the worst and like this city creates, you know, uh, toxic um, dynamics much more than other places and people are, do you think that any of that stuff is true? And yeah, how do you feel about mm. Berlin dating? Yeah, so I, okay, what do I think? Okay, so I, I don't think it's like horrific. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's this awful toxic place necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think it's like one of the things I noticed definitely from like just, I don't know, being on apps, but also just meeting people here is like, it does definitely seem like way freer. People are experimenting mm-hmm. more with different mm-hmm. things. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be that like I was in the UK before, maybe the UK has got way more progressive in the last four years or whatever. I was in Manchester, like when I, I didn't, no one I dated was like into like open relationships or like mm-hmm. polyamorous or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved to Berlin, suddenly like everyone was all about that, you know? And yeah. then 
like friends I've made here and stuff. So I think it's like really like broadened my horizons in terms of like, you know, just sort of realizing, oh, there's all these different ways. Yeah. I mean, like for me, I'm still, uh, well, I mean, I'm single at the moment. So, I mean, like for me, like the idea of polyamory is like a stretch goal, right? Cause I'm like, I can't even find one person to be a partner. Like how are these people finding more, you know? <laughs> Greedy um, fucks, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I get it. Like people are flaky on dating apps and like ghost people and stuff. I'm also flaky and ghost yeah, people, you know, like it Absolutely. doesn't, I don't hate on people for that because like I am also a flaky person and sometimes I can be like, yeah, I'm all about this and sometimes I'm not. And Absolutely. you've never met this person. You don't really owe them anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't believe that Berlin is flakier than other places necessarily. Um, but I think there are more options here. And I think because the city, I think most people um, definitely like even within Ger- like even Germans, most people who have moved to Berlin have like chosen to live here, have given up some other way of life that's a bit conservative. They're making their own life here with within the um, within an environment of like full freedom. And so the way they're going to engage in dating is like they're not going to settle for anything less than what they want. And they're going to experiment and they're going to. Yeah, so I think um, the I think the baseline like person engaging. Well, there's lots of people that I just like will, would never talk to on dating apps like here, but like like everywhere. But the kind of people that I do connect with, I think we we all kind of share a bit of a you know self determination, not settling quickly into a relationship because you know we've moved whether it's from like another city in Germany or another country in Europe or from across the world we've like changed our whole life to be here so we're not just gonna settle and 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 buy into a relationship as soon as something feels you know we're gonna be a bit picky about it um and so yeah I think that you know and and I like that there's not an assumption I think some people do still assume monogamy but I think there is more of a general like that's not assumed that it's yeah. gonna it has to be like that and and also like just because you're seeing one person doesn't you know unless you have that conversation it doesn't make you a bad person for you know seeing other people and and whatever comes comes but yeah but yeah i've only i've i've, I've met a lot of people through dating apps but yeah there's someone that i've i uh, yeah that i that i that i um i have there's someone that I've met recently and like that big like feeling of being drawn to them. And, um, yeah, like, ah, ah. And then like the fear of like the Berlin dating scene, this isn't going to work out. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I turned, I turned 37 this year. I'm trying to like my, my, what my cycle is. Cause you've got the 19, mm. 29, 39. I think like seven is yeah. My year. Like I lost my virginity at 17. I got married at 27. What's going to happen at 37? Whoa. I've never said that before. I hadn't thought about okay. it like that, but yeah. Yeah. yeah so maybe this year. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Exciting. <laughs> I die. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope not. Yeah. Let's hope not. I'd like not to die. My Facebook account died. So that's, that's enough death. for the, That's enough death. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I didn't realize how much that would affect me. Well, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, it's very like invasive, you know, and it's just like, I don't know, it's like, yeah, you've been, what are they doing? And like access to things that you don't want people to have access to. And And it's it's a thing that I've had that's very personal, a personal reflection of myself that's so public since 2007. So it's like, yeah, ugh. That's yeah. like, that's like a long time. That's a lot of data and a lot of like, um, yeah, shit. Yeah. 
All right. So, was there anything else on the topic of um, of that that you that I that I may have like diverted us from or? No, I think that's all good. Yeah, okay. I'm just looking forward to meeting the right cabinet for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. Cabinet love. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Fuck yeah. All right. Let's wrap this up then. So where can people find you? <laughs> Never. Because <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I'm on Instagram at k.laura. Um, and then my next show is next Tuesday, mm-hmm. I think. Um I'm doing a slingshot comedy oh, next nice. Tuesday, I think. Yeah. At Two Fellas Brewery. Yeah. Um, and then I need to just, I don't know, book more shows in and organize my life. But I'm hoping now that I'm at least embracing sobriety for now, yes. I'm going to be able to put more energy into those kind of things. So fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Excellent. Well, it's good to have you back active and uh, cool. Um, I'm not sure if I can should plug anything here. Uh, Derna Comedy is back. It's starting uh, tonight. Um, so every Friday, guys in Berlin, come to Derna Comedy. Uh, this has been Adults Only Comedy Berlin. Thank you. Oh, and check out my new the new page on Facebook. It's called Adults Only Comedy by Anna Barros. So not just the old Adults Only Comedy. All right, that's it. That's it. That's it. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much, guys, and goodbye.